Listen, we're in a series called Stinking Thinking. Yes. How to overcome, how to change the channel from your stinking, your stinking thinking. We didn't say thank, thinking in you know, where I'm from. We said thinking. What you thinking? <laughs> all right. Y'all trying to be all holy and all, you know, I know all of y'all ain't from New York and all them places and Chicago and all that. Way. You know what I'm saying? Y'all ain't from them places. Some of y'all from the hood like me. Y'all don't say thinking. Y'all say thanking, thanking, thanking. <laughs> well, listen, one of the things, man, this week as I was studying, I started to think about some, I started to reflect back a little bit and just kind of think about some of the times how um, how our world has changed in the last several years. I remember, um, you know, before we even had internet. Now, I know that's probably seems impossible to most of you all, but I remember what we didn't, how many of y'all remember we, before we had internet? We didn't have no internet. Yeah. I mean, listen, <laughs> technology has transformed our lives. It has changed everything we do. And, and, and it's funny how it's just, it's just infiltrated everything about our lives. I mean, it's in every area of our lives. I had a professor in seminary. He, he used to tell us this. He said, the internet has made the world a village. It was a great, he's a great, great man of God, uh, Father Montague. I hope he's still alive. I don't know if he is, but he was a great Catholic priest, filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking tongues. Yeah, he was. But he used to say it all the time. He said, he said, our world is becoming a village. And you know, you know, news travels small and I mean fast in a small village. Oh, see, y'all now, everybody from the city now, praise the Lord. No, listen, in a small little village, news get around. I'm from a little small town in South Georgia. Other people's other people's business got to my ears quick. Why? Because we were in a confined little small area. Right? And so, so that's what the internet has done. It shrank our world. Well, listen, we're hearing about stuff on the other side of the world we would have never heard about 20 years ago, 30 years ago. We've never heard about people on the other side of the world killing folk and cutting them up. All the kind of crazy stuff that we hear from everywhere. We've never heard from that. Well, praise the Lord, somebody. But today we hear it. Why? Because the internet has come in and it has it's changed how we, how we, we do things. I was talking to a young man the other night, and um, he he said to me, he said, uh, he said, uh, hey, you want you want to see what's going on in my hometown? I said, yeah, man. I'm thinking he's gonna show you know show me some something. I don't know what he's gonna show me. He tapped into his his uh, doorbell camera from his house. Now he's from Canada. He said, look, this is what it looks like at my house. Snow up this high. It's cold. He said, see, I don't miss this. And we're, we're, we're live looking at what's going on, who walking in and out the door, all that kind of stuff. And, and I'm saying, man, that's crazy, right? But that's what the internet has done. That's what technology, it has brought us in and made us all one. I mean, it's crazy to the, to the degree, man, that I think it's, it's uh, technology has become both inclusive and invasive. Yeah, it, it, it involves everybody but it can be a little invasive. It's, it's in places where it shouldn't be. Well, praise the Lord. Come on now. I was in, I was, <laughs> I was, this week, I was in the bathroom. And you know, men's bathroom is kind of different than women's. We have urinals. Yeah, yeah, you know what urinals are, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm standing at a urinal. And the guy next to me standing at a urinal. He, look, he on Instagram. At the urinal. <laughs> 
You see what I'm saying? And I'm saying, hey, young fella, are you, are you serious now? I'm just, I'm just trying to make sure he ain't live. You understand? <laughs> no, but listen, because listen, I believe, again, technology is so invasive, right, that we don't know when to draw lines. We'll, that, that's a place you don't take technology, bro. Especially if I'm, you know, I'm, I can see everything. No, that, that's too invasive. So we have to be careful because we have to make sure we draw lines. I don't know what you're looking at. You don't know. I can't tell if that thing lying. What's that thing going, boy? I mean, you, you know <laughs> right? And, and and that wasn't a place to be having technology at the time. You know, you understand? So so listen. So as I was I was thinking about this message this week, I started thinking about technology and stinking thinking. See, technology, stinking thinking, is just like technology. It sounds good, seems harmless, and we take it everywhere we go don't we? Every relationship we in, we take it with us. That's thinking, thinking. Oh, well, I guess I can get better amen to him. No, we do. And so, so listen, so it has become invasive just like technology. In our most quietest of moments, thoughts come in our mind that gives us, hey, y'all, you suck. You are nothing. See, I told you it wasn't going to work. I told you God ain't going to do nothing. He is going to let you down every time. All these thoughts come to our mind, and they become invasive and inclusive. Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord Pastor Darren. And just like I said, they, what they do is they come, they come to invade your emotions and your attitudes and your actions. They come to invade. Just like I'm at the urinal being invaded by this dude in his Instagram. So do those thoughts come. Before you know it, you, these thoughts are thinking. Just that, you see how easy and simple they just slide in? Just slide on in. You, I mean, I'm, I'm in the bathroom. I got to go. You know what I'm saying? Come on, man. Come on. Dude's on the, dude's on the phone in the back. Come on, man. Can y'all just turn it off? So, uh, uh. But, but stinking thinking is the same thing. It, it, it's, so, it's, like a, it's like stealth. It slides on in to our minds. And before you know it, it's in our attitudes, how we act, how we behave, our emotions. Well, praise the Lord, somebody. Uh, well, well, Pastor, what do you mean by thinking? Uh, here's what we said. We, we, we've defined this. This is our third week, all right? We say it's, it's allowing toxic and negative thoughts to dominate our minds or your mind affecting your emotions, your actions, right, and your attitudes. I put that in there. And so I got my basketball jersey back on again. Praise the Lord, somebody. Oh, yeah. See, listen, in basketball, what happens is uh, stinking thinking, it draws lines. There's some lines we shouldn't cross. Well, praise the Lord. No, there, there's, it, it, what it does, it draws lines that define who you are as a person. Well, I'm preaching to somebody. No, let me, let me give you an example. See, in basketball, there's some critical lines. Matter of fact, basketball is defined by lines. Yeah, you walk on the basketball court. Now, this is makeshift, all right? Because I'm not script. But, but, but once a person crosses a line, you have now given the advantage to the other team. If this is the out-of-bounds line. But, but basketball is defined by lines. How many points can be scored? Line. You, you, you in front of the two-point, the three-point line, that's two points. That's it. Right? You stand behind the free throw, that's one point. Everything is defined by lines. 
And so the, the, the question is for us is, do we allow stinking thinking to draw the lines in our lives? We have to understand, once I cross a line, or once I allow a line to be drawn in my life, I, that line will determine who I give the advantage to. Do I give it the advantage to God, or do I, do I give the advantage to my old way of thinking? How many people you know have taken advantage of your thinking? Oh. See, listen, listen, our thinking, our, whether it's, in this case, thinking, thinking, our negative thinking, oh, well, I can't say that. That, that, ain't, that ain't too Christian. I'm not, I, let me come back to that one, all right? No, listen, our, our thinking makes us victims. But we have a victim mindset. There's this teaching in the, in the body of Christ where they're talking about orphanage and how uh, the devil has, in his ways, he tries to create us to be orphans. And that, what that simply means is you don't know who your father is, so you act a certain way. Because you're not connected to the father, you have certain attitudes. I just call it a victim mindset. And what that simply means is, is that there's certain attitudes, there's certain thoughts that have gotten to your, your emotions, and now they have you act in a certain way, believing a certain way. See, your life is defined by lines that you've, you've allowed, you, that you've drawn yourself, but heavily influenced by stinking thinking, most of us. I'm talking about myself, too. I've allowed lines to be drawn. Step across the line, if I'm out of bounds, I have given the advantage to somebody. No, listen, let me just talk about porn. If I'm looking at porn, I've stepped across that line. And at that point, at that moment, I have given the enemy now the advantage. I have. He now has access to my thoughts. He now has access to images in my mind. Why? Because I stepped across the line. Well, praise the Lord. <laughs> listen to what the scripture says. Listen to this. Listen to this. It says, and, and, so, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is, this is truly the way to worship. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. You hear that? Now, that's a straight command from God. Hey, don't be like the world. Don't copy them. Oh, man, I got to hurry up. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you what? Only way transformation comes is that it, God has to change the way you think. That's the only way it comes. That's the only way. If you go sit down and talk to a counselor, what are they seeking? They're seeking transformation. Not, not just you got a new idea. All right. All right. So if I want to be new, I got to let God transform my, my thinking, right? And then you will learn to know God's will for you. How am I going to know God's will for you? He has to change how I think. He has to redefine my lines. Oh, my gosh. He has, to re, he has to help me draw new lines. Or I will continually give the devil advantage over my life by stepping over lines. Listen, I wrote that. I left that scripture in there, James 4. Let me read it. It says, so humble yourself before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will do what? What will God do? He'll come close to you. I love that because the King James Version says like this. It says, draw nigh to God. Come closer to him. Come close. And this, this, is, this is half the battle of most pastors and preachers is to try to get people to come closer to God. Come, see, come closer to God means for us, I had to really re redefine lines in my life, man. I had to determine. I, I was not going to allow the world to determine my lines. I gave it up. Me and Leslie were talking about this this week. I, I walked away from the world, and I don't look back. I don't look back saying, oh, it, it, it was so good, I want to go back. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, I've drew new lines. I've, no, I really have. I've drawn new lines in my life. Then those lines now determine how I live and who I am. 
Those lines determine not, not the stuff I used to. And see, I have to be careful because stinking thinking comes in, and it's trying to, what it's trying to do, manipulate my lines. Just like it's trying to manipulate your lines. Trying to get you to think a certain way. I mean, come on, man. I mean, oh, Lord. Okay, be saved, be saved. Let me try and be saved. No, but, but, but what we have to understand is, is that oftentimes what it's trying to create is a mindset for us that's way, way, way below how God thinks of us. I have to go back to my, my, my Kate and William from England. That's the, what is he? He's a, he's a, he's a the, the future prince, right? He's a prince now, the future king, right? Well, he married Kate. Yes, Kate had great, great, she had great status. But when she married William, she became the duchess. <laughs> what? Yes. And see, God's the same way. When we gave our life to Christ, he changed our status. But now listen, your status has been changed, but your mind has to change too. Because it would be bad if your status has changed and your mind hadn't changed. If your status hadn't changed. See, that's why they struggle with some folks that folks married. Say, no, see, you, your status has changed. Your mind got to change too. You're no longer a commoner. <laughs> uh, Y'all getting this? So listen, so what makes us not a commoner? It's because we have redefined our lines. We know who we are in Christ. And we walk according to how we've been defined. In the scriptures, not by this world. No, see, listen, as I said before, see, lines determine who wins and advantages. So when a dude walks up to you, Christian young lady, and he says, hey, 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 what's up? Let me holler at you. Let me holler. And you say, no, no, nobody hollers at me. <laughs> no, no, you can't holler. Oh, no. Or you look, he said, hey, hey, what's your name? You look at him like, please. Oh, see, now y'all scared. See, no, no, listen, let me teach you. Let me teach you something right here. Let me teach you something right now. Listen. See, and we'll go over this in a minute. But if you're not, if you're afraid to do that, then your lines have been driven, but been, been, has been drawn by fear. You don't think, if, well, I have to respond. If I don't respond, he's going to leave. He was going to leave anyway. He just was going to hit it before he left. He just going to. Well, praise the Lord. I'm talking about. No. No, so, so what we want to do, we want to we reevaluate our lines this morning. Have you reevaluated the lines that define your life? Is thinking, thinking responsible for your lines? Like I said before, lines, the lines are the things that control basketball. Yeah, I got, listen, if I have out-of-bound thoughts, I'm going to have out-of-bound behavior. You out of bounds. You out of bounds. Get out. Come in, get, get out of bounds. Okay, advantage other team. You go. Go, go, go. Other team, let's go. Why? Wow, I just, just gave them the advantage. So if I'm out of bounds in my thinking, I will be out of bounds in my behavior. I forgot my whistle this morning. I forgot my whistle. It's in my bag. I forgot it. Right? No, because remember last week we talked about blowing the whistle. You're in charge of your line. You are. Nobody else. No, man, I can't help. I'm trying to be good. I'll be bad next week, but today I'm trying to be good. Because I'm going to be bad next week. The last one, I'm going to be bad next week. I'm going to help you out. <laughs> because listen, listen, listen to me. These thoughts are so subtle. I, you have to, and, and all I'm trying to do is, is really, really help you ha have, know how to detect them when they come. Because they come. My, I tell, I was telling somebody the other day, my, one of my worst days, I would say worst days, but my worst moments of the week is 10 o'clock on Sunday. Because the thoughts come to my head. And people ain't coming. Oh, yeah. Somebody said, you, then I can start getting the, the sick tech message. I'm sick. I won't be there today, Pastor. And like, oh, oh. Because in my mind, I have to fight those thoughts and say, ain't nobody coming. 
I told you ain't nobody coming. You see that? So if I know I can fight you, I know you're fighting it. I told you it ain't going to work out. See, I told you, he ain't, he ain't like you. You ain't, girl. You ain't nobody. I know, I know we deal with him. We all do. The problem is, is how we, can we reevaluate our lines? The things that make us, oh, man. No, because, listen, I, you have, as I said last week, you have to be a confident person. You don't want an incompetent referee. Yesterday, I had a fight. Told y'all, you know what I mean? We had our first, first game of the year, you had a fight. So I had to throw them out, throw them out. Then the, the kids start crying. Call them babies. The kids start crying. Then their parents crying and all these guys. Everybody crying. Y'all know we were not on, you know, we were not on the black side of town. You know what I'm saying? We don't know. <laughs> so, so all this melee happening. And then, you know, the little boy fall down and other little boy tried to trip over him. And the dad jumps up and he's like, that's a flagrant foul. I looked at him and said, sit down. Where's the flagrant foul? You sit down. I did. So you got to be confident. Now, if I'd have been scared like this, uh, 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 he would have, listen, he would have ruined the game. Because parents will try to ruin games. Uh, he, 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 uh, that's a flagrant. He don't even know basketball. You geek, you a geek, sit down. You don't even know the game. It's a flagrant. He kicked him. He tripped over him. Sit down. Sit down. He, know what he did? Know what he did? He sat down. <laughs> no, no. See, listen, you just got to know who you are. So, so again, that's why we read that scripture. Where it says, draw now to God, resist the devil, and what he'll do? He'll flee. But he's not going to flee if you don't know who you are. So let's, re- let's reevaluate our lines and see where we are. All right, y'all ready? Come on, somebody talk to me. Y'all ready? So, <clears throat> listen, number one. If we don't reevaluate our lines, we'll be confused. And, and, and number one, we'll, we'll, we'll be winning at the wrong thing. Oh, I got to go now. We're way behind. Lord Jesus, this might be a two-session sitting here. No, we'll, we'll start winning. We'll start. See, this is deception at its highest, highest level. Was that what I think I'm winning? Let me tell you. Y'all know the, the story of the prodigal son, right? If you don't, let me read it real quick. It says, to illustrate the point further, Jesus told his disciples, a, a young man, a, a man had two sons. The younger told his father, I want, a sh- I want my share of estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, the younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. There he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time, by the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. All right? So listen, so sometimes if, we don't, if we're not careful with our lines or, or know what define us, we think we're winning, but we're winning at the wrong thing. Oh, well, praise the Lord. No, listen, we, we are. See, sometimes we use our emotions to get our way. Anger. <sighs> lying. Ignoring people. Isolating ourselves. No, we're winning at the wrong thing. And we think we are. This young man got married with him. The Bible says he's married. He told dad, give me my part. And then he left. He thought he was winning. No, no, no. 
you have to understand, once you get into your emotions and doing all that, and they're leading and guiding your life, they have defined you, you're winning at the wrong thing. I had a coach one time in Texas. You know, I was, I was calling his game, his team getting blown out. They were getting smashed. And he going off on me. That's a bad call. You are a $3 ref. I said, I walked up to him. I said, I may be a $3 ref. What he was trying to do is me to kick him out. That's what he wanted because he, he was trying to motivate his team. And I said to him, I might be a $3 ref, but we're going to enjoy this beating together because I ain't, I ain't kicking you out and I ain't giving you no tech. So you can sit down. That's your first tech. Sit on down, but we're going to look at this together. And, we, and together, me and him saw his team get smashed. Because he thought, because his anger was going to cause me to do something to spark. Oh, no, no, no. So you're winning the wrong way. You think that's going to work? That's not going to work. <laughs> you, can't, you can't go contrary to what the Scripture says and think you're going to win. No, no, no. So you can't manipulate lines and think, you're, I'm going to put a little bit of God, a little bit of the world, a little bit of God, a little bit of the world, and think you're going to win. No, 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 no. So you're winning, and you think you're winning the wrong way. And it's not going to happen. It's not you're not going to win. I'm here today. I'm, I'm one way in church. I'm another way outside church. I'm trying to decide. Listen, like I told you before, I gave it all up. I walked away from it. Oh, I don't want no, no, sir. I told you I stopped listening to music, man, for years. My wife would tell you. I, I, didn't, know, I didn't know anybody. <laughs> we were in a conference this week with some pastors, and they were, they were talking about this other pastor in Alabama, and they were, they were joking, and, they, and he's, he's the head of a big organization. He has a very large church, and they asked him, they said, hey, man, is it true you didn't know who Taylor Swift was? And the pastor said, yeah, I, I don't know her. They said, wait a minute, how don't you know Taylor Smith? He says, I walked away from it. I don't want to know about what's going on. And see, what we've done now in the church, leaders, Christians, pastors, all that, we're trying to mingle God in the world, mingle God in the world. We have to be careful. Or we're winning the wrong way. And it's not, we're, we're having good church conference, but we're not making no disciples. People don't know the scriptures. And if you don't know the scriptures, you don't know God. Because he reveals himself, what? Through scripture. <sighs> we're winning at the wrong thing, trying to do it the wrong way. No, no. It, listen, Jesus said this, and this is still true. You either for me or you against me. There is no drawing a line where, over here today, Jesus, I'm over here. I'm over this way, this here. No, no, no. You just gave the world the advantage. Because you're crossing lines. Somebody say, reevaluate my lines. No, no, listen. Because like in, this, in the story of this young man, he'd rather leave the house. Whatever, I don't know if there was anything wrong. Apparently there was. We'll see it in a minute. But he'd rather do all of that than sit down and have a conversation. And I tell Christians all the time, stop burning bridges. Have conversations. That's what God is about. That's why we celebrate the communion meal. Why? Because God wants us to have conversations. I don't have, to, I don't have to be a bridge burner. No. Just talk. What's going on, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm lying. I ain't good. You doing all right? Yeah, I'm good, man. You think? No. Come on, man. No, just talk. Just talk. Let's have a conversation. All he had to do is say, Daddy, you know what? I want all my stuff. I'm leaving because you make me sick, and my brother make me sick, too. I'm sick of all y'all. That's a good place to start. Listen, me and Leslie were talking about, I was telling my wife this as the Lord was giving me this. Do you know sometimes it's, it's more expensive to be healthy? It costs hospitals more money to keep a clean environment than it was to clean up a toxic or to make it dirty. It does because to stay healthy, you got to pour money into it. You got to keep that place sterile. You know, a hospital, they sting us sterile. You got to pay, they got to pay money. 
So in all, sometimes to be healthy, it costs you a lot. It costs you a lot of uh, hard conversations. But you know, you listen, you, you, but you'll know this, that you're winning the right way. Because if you're skirting over stuff and you're just playing and you ain't being honest with God and being honest with yourself and being honest with the people, you're winning it the wrong way. And it's just a matter of time. We'll see with this young man. It was just a matter of time. He thought, I know, I'm going to leave and get my, I'm going party. It was just a matter of time. Why? Because you can't win the wrong way and think you're going to do it. Oh, all right. I got to go. Come on, number two. Number two. Listen. Again, we're reevaluating our lines, right? All right, number two. Listen. You're using your weaknesses as excuses. It's when I allow my weaknesses to connect to my emotions. No, man. Listen. Listen to this. Let me read the scriptures. <clears throat> it says the young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding, feeding the pigs, looked good to him. But listen to this. But no one gave him what? You hear that? But no one gave him what? When finally he came to his senses and he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I'm going home to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against both you and heaven. Now, let me just stop right there. Now, listen. See, see, what happens is if our lines are redefined, we're always looking for somebody to pat us on the head. It's okay. You're going to be all right. <clears throat> I, don't know what it, I don't know if it was just me or was it um, just, I, it had to be just, it, just God and me. Yeah, give me some drink, man. I don't know what's the devil trying to mess with me. He's a lying one. But listen, <clears throat> no, no. Yeah, yeah, all of a sudden now my throat getting all, what is that? You know what I'm saying? Where's that come from? I don't know if it was me or was it, was it um, some of my teachers or coaches or something. Now, I had, I had crazy teachers and coaches. My coach would push us. We'd be throwing up. We'd be over there. And he'd say, come on, come on, hurry up, drink some water. Let's go, get back up there. No, because he would not allow us to use excuses. He wouldn't do it. But we, wanna, we want somebody to compare. I, keep, I tell people all the time, we're not co- nobody coming to get you. Nobody going to come and get you. Well, you know, here he is. He in, the, he in there with the hogs. And the Bible said, nobody came to give me anything. I said, that sounds just like God. <laughs> it does. Get yourself up. Come on, stand up. Stand up, put on your own two, get on your own two feet, and uh, get on out of here. Get on out. Stop using excuses. No, no. See, what we want, we want, okay, it, it, it'll be okay. We, let me give you an example. <clears throat> I had a young lady I used to work with, and she always had an excuse. She can't, we had just discovered, what's the boy name to get out of debt? What's his name? Dave Ramsey. We just discovered Jay, Dave Ramsey. And me and Leslie had went to a live, one of the live seminars. And, uh, so I'm telling her about it, and she she got in, she got, she's like, oh, it was so great. But she had this problem where she always had an excuse. I, she said, you know, I agree with everything, but. I said, well, what's the but? Well, but sometimes you just got to treat yourself. I said, well, you can once you finish the program. What? No, you have to understand. See, sometimes, you know, you work so hard five days a week. I said, girl, I work with you. You ain't working hard. You playing? That's what you're doing. No, but you understand. See, I said, no. See, that's a, that's an excuse mentality. God ain't gonna let you have that. Not the one I serve, cause he won't give me one. 
I just want, Lord, you know, we work so hard. Lord, no, we work hard. This thing is 24 hours, seven days a week, right? But God don't give it. No, 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 no. Just use my word. Use my word, the things you need. Just go ahead and get it. Because he's not going to allow you, especially if you want to, you know, you just want to pet your little flesh. It's going to, you know, I just didn't feel like it today. I just didn't feel. It just wasn't, uh-uh. Oh, no. You've defined yourself by excuses. Your thinking is full of excuses. Well, you know, the church done moved. So they're about four miles further than they were. That's just so, oh, no. I had, some, <laughs> I had somebody ask me, say, where'd you find this place? I said, they found us. Come on, you need to get here. Be here on Sunday. No, don't define yourself. This, this young fellow was looking for an excuse. And the Bible said, nobody will help him. Came to his senses. Even my daddy, even at my daddy's place, just like, let me get myself up and do go do something. When you're really ready for change, you decide in your mind, I'm tired of this. I'm not live. No, man, listen, when I got I got tired of it. See, back in the day, um, um, uh, minimum wage used to be 375. I mean, I remember that 375. I don't know what it is. What is it now? <clears throat> Something eight dollars and ten dollars trying to get it up. But listen, it used to be 375 an hour. That was just robbery, wasn't it? <clears throat> so I think it's just stuff blowing on me. I think that's what this is. But listen, so so um, so what happened was I, I just I, I remember I got tired of working eight hours bringing home thirty dollars, and I said, "Oh no, this is this is this ain't this ain't God's way." I got to change. I stopped making excuses and said, you know what? Pastor's over there talking, the power of heaven and purpose, preaching it. And I, finally it hit my mind. Stop with the excuses. Go get you, go to school. And that's what I did. So now I can't even think. Go make $4, go make $8 something, $10 an hour. I can't, my mind won't let me. Why? Because I redefined my lines. I'm trying to figure out how I can do that in, in a, how I can make $30 in 30 minutes. Okay. I'm, listen, I'm redefining. You can do what you want. I'm redefining mine. All right, all right, all right. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Number three, listen, you have to, you must make every effort to, 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 to be, uh, it should say this, you, you make every effort, that's right, you make every effort to be Mr. and Mrs. Mrs. Perfect. What do you mean by that, Pastor Darren? That means you're too hard on yourself. I'm talking about redefining lines. You make one mistake and you beat yourself up like you crazy. Oh, well. Let me go. So the young man decides he's going to go home. I don't know where my time goes. It just flies out of here. We're going to have to change some things. But listen. But his father said to the servants, his father saw him come and said, quick, bring the finest robe in the house. Put it on him. Get a ring for his finger, his sandals, and kill the calf. We have fattened to kill the calf we have been fattening, we must celebrate with the feast. For this son of mine was dead. He has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. Meanwhile, the older brother, the other, the other victim mindset, was in the field working. He, when he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of his servants who was going on, what, what was going on? Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fatted calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. Listen to this. The other brother was angry and wouldn't even go in. His father came out and begged him. Uh-oh, y'all hear that? Now, does that sound like craziness? He wouldn't go in. His brother's back. His daddy out there begging him to come in. Uh, you ever been there where people beg, come on, girl, come on. You know, oh, no, listen to what he says. Listen to what he says. Uh, uh, 
But he re replied, all these years I have slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes. You celebrate by killing a, killing a fatted calf? See, listen, he, he, all his life, he's been Mr. Mr. Perfect. Don't you know what I've done? Y'all know how we do this with God sometimes. I'm God, you know, you know I've been good all these years. I serve you in your church. I've been perfect, Lord. And we just do, we go to God. I've been so perfect. Why are you letting this happen? See, listen, it happens to me all the time. I was praying to God the other day, and it just came out of my mouth. Lord, I wish I could be perfect for you. It just came out. I don't know where that came from, but it came out. I just wish, and he just said, why are you even trying? You can't be perfect. So stop beating yourself up. Stop defining your life by how well you've done. And, you know, I'm Mr. Perfect. We do it in our families. You see me? How, how mama and them get them all the attention? You see me? Look at my grades. Look how good I am. But they get all the attention. Oh, you can't, we can't define our lives by trying to be perfect. Trying to be right all the time. No, this is grace. This walk is grace. You're going to mess up. You might even slip up and say a bad word or two. Well, see, I need to get on this side because I know that, that side of the house, that side of the house lying because they're like, no, Pastor. Oh, yeah, you lying. I know you lying. You trying to be friends. <laughs> no, no, listen to me carefully, man. You're going to make mistakes. Nowhere in our lives will we have to be perfect. So don't draw all those perfect lines. You know how people, when you was a kid, they used to always, always have the perfect. That's perfect. You look at that, I, I, I had bad handwriting and still do. It's horrible. And then all the people, you take your stuff up to the teacher, and she's like, that's so wonderful. All the people with the great handwriting. And she look at mine, she goes, ugh. <laughs> she had to call me up three times. Come here, what is that? And I, and I go up there and go, I don't know. Why? Because we always think we have to be perfect like this other son. No. No, 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 no. Stop it. Erase that line. Draw a line of grace. He should have been there celebrating with his brother. Yes, daddy, he's back. Praise God. He in the mad tub. You ain't do it for me. How dare you? So that's like some of us won't go celebrate our brothers. They having a party. You know, I ain't going to her because she's just a trip. Cost mom and them all this pain. They throw, they spending all that money. Uh-uh. No, no, no. So you, you define your life by, by how good you are. And you're not good. It's Jesus that makes us good. Come on, somebody say, I'm reevaluating the lines I've drawn in my life. You see that? I'm re we got to reevaluate because, we're, listen, th this, is, this is one of those things that, you know, um, effort people behind, you know, we, we, they stick the rules. You know, the Bible says, you better, you got to, no, honey, yeah, I know what the Bible says, but I, there's some grace in there too, ain't it? <laughs> Oh, well, praise the Lord. No, because perfect people, see, perfect people just like him, they constantly, constantly um, offended. No, we are. Perfect people are constantly offended by something. It don't take much, and you're offended. Why? Because you think you're perfect. You need to redraw that line. Oh, well. Oh, well, I'm, all the perfect people laughing again. Come on, somebody say reevaluating the lines in my life. And then the last one, last one, listen. 
We have to redefine because the last one is this, is fear interweaves itself into our life. Fear, listen to this. It says, but he replied, all these years I've slaved for you and never once, uh, uh, not, I'm sorry, not once refused to do one single thing you told me. And in all that, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes. You celebrate by giving the fatted calf. His father said, look, dear son, you have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but he is now fine. See, listen, why was he? He was so afraid his father was going to leave him. He was so afraid his father was going to overlook him. Right? And sometimes what fear does, listen, fear, fear has a way of just subtleness. It's just, it gets into your thinking. Were you afraid to make decisions? You're afraid to do things. Where did that come from? It came because you allowed it to come into your thinking. And before you know it, man, listen, I'm trying to tell you all the time. I was talking to this young kid yesterday, this one boy, he was on the court, and um, the coaches were just yelling at him, right? Come on, son. Come on. You got to pick it up if we're going to win this game. You got to pick it up, right? And and uh, he was, you know, he was trying. He was trying. He was passing. He was trying. And, I, and, and so finally I walked up to him. I said, hey, just listen. I said, don't be afraid. Just play. I told him, I said, you're the best player on this court in both teams. Just play. He looked at me. He said, yeah, okay, okay. I said, just, just let it fly. If you get it, let it fly. This little kid came. He came. He caught the ball. Shh, whoosh. He ran down. He's like, yeah, okay, yeah. See, because he, he, he had allowed fear to come into his thinking. He made one little mistake, and he just he froze, went into a panic mode. And I, and I was just coaching him. on the, I'm coaching him. Hey, man, just shoot that, shoot that, shoot that. Listen, God is saying the same thing to you. Do it. Come on, do it. Do it. What are you waiting on? And you, you, you bumping into something. You don't know what you're bumping in. You're bumping into fear. It just slid in to tell you you can't. Oh, no. And before you know it, you have trains and thoughts of just what you can't do. No, do it. Go for it. You should be the one where God should be, have to say, come back. You're going too far. Come back. No, man, let it ride. Don't allow fear to control your thinking. Don't be defined by fear. And it's so, I'm telling you, I can probably, if we take a, if we take a poll today, most of us in here today, are we've allowed fear to be interwoven into our thinking. And the, one of the first things we think is we can't, or no, or how, Ugh, and we, step, we say stuff. I'm one of them. And God has to help me say, hey, man, erase that line. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. <laughs> can, I, can I just close right here? I got to close. I ain't done, but I'm just going to stop because I got five minutes. But let me, let me close. Let me go back. Let me go back. So I, so I, so I was talking to this young guy, right? So all of a sudden, by this time now, he got some bravado. He, he just, he just, I mean, he's just going crazy with it. I mean, he's shooting, and then, you know, uh, and, and, and he gets the ball. This kid run after him, and the coach says to him, he said, he can't guard you. And the kid looked around and said, I know. And I said, yeah. And so I looked at him, and, I'm, and I can't be, you know, I can't show him for one team or nothing, you know what I'm saying? So I looked at him, and I said, told you. Go for it. And this kid, pump fake, come around, shoo, he run down the floor, he like, yeah. And see, listen, that's what God waiting on you to do. Just believe. Yeah, man, just believe the things I've said about you. Believe it. Believe it. You can do it. Just believe. 
I got you. And before you know it, all he, listen, all God wants you to do is take a shot. Take the shot. Confidence is going to come again after that. Just take the shot. Take the step. Do it. What you waiting on? What you got to lose? If you don't take the shot, your family going to miss out. If you don't, I told him, I said, listen, if you don't score, your team going to lose. His team didn't lose. You know why? Because he kept shooting. He kept stepping out. He, he redefined how he was thinking right on that basketball court. And I'm saying this morning, you can redefine your whole life. You can redefine the lines of your life. Why? By just changing how you think.